everyone. Welcome to the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Eganoff. And I'm Nicole Mahalik, where sports and pop culture come to play. And it is a double trouble episode. We've been having some guests. I mean, obviously Lisa was amazing, but it's nice yeah. when it's just the two of us. Yeah. And we get to like, you know, just rehash everything that's been going on and talk about ourselves and talk yeah, about just going on in our lives. Just chit chat a little bit. You know, I had texted you this and you're like, wait, I was about to text you this. We like to look at our reviews on Apple, which by the way, feel free to leave us one. All positive, please. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, there was a review. It actually like wasn't, it wasn't mean. It was just, it just said like, I really like them and I try to give this podcast a chance, but it's very negative. And I like had to read it like three times because I said, oh, oh my goodness. I always thought of myself as a very positive, upbeat person. And I texted you this and, and you kind of, you're like, well, and then I go, well, wait, like it is negative because sports and especially, you know, we talk, we, we try to talk about other stuff and we will talk about other stuff outside of Philly, but so much of our livelihood in Philly sports has been negative. Yeah. And not just what happened with the teams, but like, obviously what happens is specifically with you and social media, I've got some social media backlash and I'm like, I get it. Like listening to this, it could be negative sometimes, but we're only talking about what we're given. So, and so, well, and I think a lot of it too, it's like, we talk about the reality of us in the sports world and the reality of us giving opinions and the reaction online can, it generally can be very negative. So as someone who did Philadelphia sports talk radio for so, for so many years, which is a genuinely negative space, um, because when you're talking about sports, you're criticizing, right? And I actually had somebody who worked in radio explain this to me because I, I would be like, sometimes everybody just seems so damn angry around here. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's because we're all talking about sports. We're trying to figure out what went wrong with the game. Why did, why did we lose the game? So we're picking apart the negatives, right? So that intrinsically in itself is negative where, you know, Nicole, we've talked about this before when you're on music radio and, you know, you're on a station like, I don't WMGK, right? And you're just saying, and Journey's greatest hit, don't stop believing. Like you, you heard that song 75,000 million times, but you still have to sell it to the crowd with like the same amount of enthusiasm. So you're naturally more positive where sports talk genuinely can be more negative. And there's a part of me that sometimes feels like, does it sound more negative because of the way that we're phrasing it or because we're, I think our delivery is really, we're just very candid about yeah. things and very blunt about things. I don't think we sound much different than any of the other like national pundits and pundits or whatever they are reporters. And I mean, I'm sure the other, you know, there's a, a lot of other great podcasts, but I like to think that we keep it real here. And unfortunately, Sometimes the Sixers are shit show and sometimes the Eagles head coach talks in metaphors and sometimes the Eagles quarterback is the leading rusher on the team, which should never be the case. So I, I don't make that stuff up. We don't make that stuff up and we don't mean to be negative. Yeah. However, and I mean, when, when the Phillies don't make the playoffs again and I like it, 10 years, like yeah. 10 years, 10. 10 so 10 it's kind years. of like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is negative because the reality is, is that it's negative. And it's something on my time hop came up about when 
in, in the height of the pandemic in 2020, when there was no sports, it was amazing because there was like no stress and there was no anxiety. And it was just, it, it was just almost bliss. You know, it was like, I watched obviously the first Sixers game and there was hope. And then the second Sixers game and they like lose it after, you know, with one, literally one minute left. And then the Eagles game on, on Sunday was just horrible. And then the Sixers game against the Knicks. And it's like, how do you, how do you not be? Well, and especially it's like, think about it. So what, who's playing? So the Packers are playing the Cardinals this week. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, tomorrow night. Yes. This Thurs- it's first I'll, I'll say this because depending on when this gets posted, it's Thursday night football, Thursday night football Packers play the Cardinals. Now, if Nicole and I were based in green Bay, where they are six and one or in Arizona where they are seven and oh, perhaps we would have more positive things <laughs> to talk about when it comes to football. However, Who that's not- for, by the way, who am I rooting for? Well, y- and you know how I feel about the Packers, right? No, wait, you know, I, I secretly love the Packers. I didn't know that. I never told you that. I think I just started admitting that to people. Okay. So I, it was the 1997 Super Bowl. Let me see. 1997. Yes. That's so funny. The 97 Super Bowl against the Patriots. Okay. And I remember picking the Packers because of cheese, right? 97. I was nine. Yeah. And I knew that I only liked the Eagles, but my dad was like, you need to pick a, you have to pick a team to cheer for in the big game. Yeah. Cause he used to have all these big Super Bowl parties. So I was like, okay, I like cheese. So I picked the Packers. And so I low key like the Packers, but, what but I I'm so impressed with Kyler Murray and I'm so impressed with the Cardinals and now Zach Ertz is there that I'm a little bit torn because I feel like I have some allegiances and some appreciation for a team that's going undefeated. Like I never want to see them break that streak, but I do also have this fondness for Aaron Rodgers as well. The Packers are so interesting because like what a franchise that they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, it's like the, it's in the middle of nowhere in green Bay, you know, it snows 12 months a year. And yet somehow they were able to figure it out. And you no, know and why, I- you know why? Because you, you, I mean, you obviously know this, but people listen might not that there's no actual owner of the Packers. The people own the team. That's, I mean, there, there's definitely decision makers, but that is very true. And I think there's something just kind of, romantic about the green Bay Packers for me. I don't know why maybe it is because of all the snow and, you know, they're like a historical team and they've been, and you know, it's, it's Wisconsin. It's like, what else happens in Wisconsin? It's like, that's all that they have are the Packers and cheese, you know, which is probably not true. Um, I'm sure there's great other things in Wisconsin. I just haven't been there to, um, experience them yet. I love, you know, yeah, I love, Aaron Rodgers, because like we talk about a lot, I love greatness. Yes. I love people who are obsessed with being great and who continuously work at being great. A lot of people can't handle that and they hate on them. I am the opposite. I'm like, you are amazing and you keep wanting to be even more amazing. 
you're fucking great. And I love it. And so I love the fact that like they drafted Jordan Love that last year and Aaron Rodgers like, fuck you, I'm going to be the MVP. And then they, you know, it was a horrible first game and Aaron Rodgers like, oh, you, oh, you, you thought I was washed up. Yeah. Fuck you. Watch me now. I love that. On the flip side, I love the fact that Arizona is kind of like the sleeper team and that like, you know, there's like two, I think Lisa Ertz said it last week that there's like two reporters that cover the, it's just, it's Phoenix. It's like people go there to golf and lay at the pool. You know, it's like different. Yeah. Um, But I love the fact that Zach Ertz and JJ Water on the same team, like, hello. The the Cardinals are just such a force. I'm excited. It's going to be a good game tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ex- or I'm Thursday excited night. for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it too. Um, it's going to be, it's one of the ones that I'm looking forward to the most this week. Um, so let's, so. let's, uh, tr- well, let's congratulate, um, our main man, Tom Brady on his recording. 600th, his, his 600th career touchdown. Yeah. And no one's ever done it. It's he's the first person in NFL history to do it. And I love the fact that Justin Fields was, let me get this right. I think he was in first grade when Tom started in the NFL. Like it was like something like ridiculous. Um, but nevertheless, ESPN broke down and I'm paraphrasing here, but they broke down what other quarterbacks currently in the NFL would have to do. They were basically saying that like, no one, the record is so almost impossible to break that like no one's ever going to break it. That like Patrick Mahomes, he's has thrown for 44 touchdowns and he would have to throw 44 touchdowns a year for the next 18 years to beat Tom Brady. That is insane. Yeah. Like it's, it's really insane. And, and they kind of broke it down. Like what Aaron Rodgers would have, like Aaron Rodgers would have to play for like another eight. Aaron Rodgers is 38 he would have to play for another eight years to break it. What, um, d- would you have given the ball back? A thousand percent. You would have given the ball back. Okay. Yeah. I, I have mean, too much. He I made, more- he made out good. I mean the guy, and like, I thought that the Bitcoin value was only 65,000. And then I was reading something else earlier where he could easily be sitting on like a million dollars, which is awesome. That I would have, I would have asked him, I would have said, I don't want anything. I just want to meet Tom. Yeah. I thought it was like, he, he got this. And I'm like that. This is all lame. Like I want a picture. Like, let me meet Tom and talk to him for five minutes. Let me hand Tom the ball. Yeah. Someone photograph it. And then we're going to print it out. And then you're, and Tom's going to sign it mm-hmm. and I'm going to hang it in gold frame that you're going to provide for me. Yeah. And then Tom's going to sign the gold frame and that's going to hang in my basement. <laughs> yeah. I was like a Jersey who cares about a signed Jersey? Like I want to meet him. Like, let me show up at the Tampa facility. Yeah. But did you see, you know, Zach Ertz had that absolutely, the longest touchdown of his career just happened to be his first game with the Cardinals. Go figure. By the way, Zach is the first player in NFL history to score two touchdowns from two different teams in back-to-back weeks. Amazing. I do love these statistics though. John Clark from NBC sports Philly. He always has these annoying statistics and he always jinxes the team, but he'll always be like the Eagles are seven and zero on a Thursday night when it's below 55 degrees and 
the head security guy eats a Wawa shorty with extra mayo <laughs> and then they lose. I'm always like, stop with these stats. You always jinx it. We have, to get, we have to talk to John and see how he gets to the bottom of those stats. And yes. Stop. And then he'll be, and then he'll be like, he'll be like, well, Jacqueline, it's so crazy. But do you know that the Eagles are 12 and 0 on the third Sunday of November when the ships come in to the left of the port i'm like just don't say anything until they win anyway you you know he is johnny sunshine for a reason because he is always trying to find the positive and that proves in his work too that if he's trying to find the one instance of a silver lining maybe he's the positive person well and maybe we need to be more like john clark yeah, we can, ha- we'll have John, we can have John on and we can, um, we can ask him if he can help us find positives about in life when we're feeling negative. Like if he can find us like the golden statistic, that'll like give us some sort of inner peace. You know what I yeah. mean? I, maybe that'll work. Maybe John will be able to provide that for us. The Eagles are seven and zero on Monday night games when the temperature is below 32 and Santa is at the Cherry Hill Mall. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. And then I'll always tweet back, stop saying this, you're jinxing it. And then what even but, happened? But I, he, he, <laughs> like, he has to just like have like a, like a journal of like the most obscure like references and stats. Like every- yeah, Does he come up with it or does, I don't know, but it always makes he, me laugh. But he, he must. He, but he it's he always jinxes it that's the thing i'm like you can't say it out loud because you're gonna jinx it and they're always every third sunday of the football season (laughs) when i eat oatmeal with cranberries yeah eagles seem to win by more than three points yeah like okay but so when (laughs) zach had that incredible touchdown he did you see how he threw yeah his jersey to the an eagles fan in the stand i know that was and then so he was precious. still wearing the eagles bracelet you know oh. i i know like i clearly have a relationship with um lisa Ertz just through the foundation doing all the work um that they do and just totally being obsessed with their mission in philadelphia um they like i'm just so happy for him just having watched him here for eight years and i know that we talked about this with lisa again but then being able to see his first game with that other team and like he still represents and that's what you know I was telling somebody like that's what Philly is all about is like you just no matter where you go you always like have to represent and like he's all he's naturally doing that that's when you naturally know that you're officially a part of a town is when you're naturally representing like he didn't have to like he could have abandoned all Eagles gear totally he could have just given it to a Cardinals fan but he's like no, I'm, I'm Philly now. So I have to represent Philly and this is how I'm going to do it. Like, well, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm that weirdo person that whenever I'm outside of Philly, like, or, you know, when I'm outside of like the 90 mile radius of like home or Jersey and like, yeah. so for instance, this past weekend, I was in North Carolina visiting one of my best friends in Raleigh. And we went on this really long walk on this cool trail. And there was a guy like in a Penn state shirt and Penn state had that insane game nine overtimes. And they, I meant to text you, like, how are you dealing with that? Well, I was like, well, it was good that I was in Raleigh because trying to take care of a two and a half and a five-year-old is nuts. It was probably even more nuts than a game. So like, I was kind of, I, I was trying to take care of the kids on top of 
right. kind of watch it. So it was a good distraction, but I couldn't believe it. But like, I'm that person, like we're walking on the trail and the guys in the show, I'm like, Whoa, what happened yesterday? You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and then I'm on the plane Monday morning and the guy I'm like sitting down and the guy's like in the aisle, you know, everybody's carrying their bags and the guy's a Penn state mask on. We all have our masks. I'm like, Oh, how about that game? And he no, was, I, and he it's goes, funny because like I feel like even when you hear somebody having a conversation about like one of your teams or something like that, I'm always the person who like wants to like poke my head and be oh, like, "Oh, I do. I, I'm that." Well, girl. did you hear how yeah. blah 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 blah? And then the guy goes, "I was there. I was in state college, and he actually went to the game." Oh God! And I was like, "Oh my God!" And then so then as we're walking on the trail, and not two other we so me and Elisa and Otto and. Levi all wore our matching Eagles outfits. Yeah. And so this lady goes, go Eagles. And so then I'm like, oh, it's so bad. And then the woman's like, isn't it? It's just hard to watch. I'm glad, you know, it's just like so fun. I'm like, I'm definitely that person that if I see something Philly related or like, obviously like Penn State, if it was Villanova, yeah. I'd be like, go Wildcats. <laughs> well, no, it's so, it's so true. And that's what I mean. Like you have to represent everywhere. And I think it's, it's funny because it's like, I didn't know this until, you know, a friend of a friend who's not from the city, I guess we all went to lunch somewhere and, um, we were leaving the lunch and we walk out and these two, you know, Philly people, this is in my neighborhood. Um, we're standing outside, maybe they were smoking a cigarette or something. It was like outside of like this bar restaurant and they're talking amongst themselves. And then they, you know, they turn to me and they go, you know, I just got to make sure that I get my grass cut before this weed step. And then like, I go back and I just have the conversation with them. I mean, I feel like that's also something. And the friend that we were with didn't know. She was like, is that like a Philadelphia thing? Like you just pick up on conversations wherever you are. And I thought about it and I'm like, yes, that is exactly what Philadelphians do. Like you'll be in the Wawa and something could happen and you turn and you just have a conversation about it. Even though you're like, you don't know people. Oh yeah. You know what I, I mean, mean like you just my drop in on conversations, you drop in. I think that we're very friendly. We're very friendly and we keep it real because one of my favorite stories of all time was in Wawa and I was in line and there was a parking authority person in front of me and I go, uh, parking authority, huh? I said, parking authority is the devil. And the guy behind me goes, the parking authority isn't the devil. The devil work. He goes, parking authorities and devil, at least the devil works for free. The parking authority gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. That's it was in my, and like the poor parking authority guy, like it's not his fault, but like it was, I, I, it was the, it was the, um, Wawa Belmont. Like it was, it was just perfect. It was like one of the best, I was like, this is, this is so perfect. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, we're very friendly, but we keep it real. Well, and that's, and I'm glad to see that's what Zach is doing. Yeah. Out in um, so obviously the world series started and who are you rooting for? No one. So here's the thing. People are always like, Oh, you can't, the Braves can't root for the Braves. I'm rooting for the Braves. Atlanta has not had a championship since 1995. I'm not talking about just baseball in general, in the city, the city of Atlanta has not had a championship since 1995. I don't care if they're in our division. They're a better team. They lost their best player in the middle of the season and still made it to the World Series. The Houston Astros, not only have they won, but they're also cheaters. Like, so that's, go that, Braves. I, I was going to say that's why, I mean, I'm definitely going Braves just because I hate the Astros. Did you see I called them the Asterix? I know. 
because they don't, yeah, they don't deserve, they don't deserve to have, like, I mean, cheating, I could talk about cheating in baseball for a long time because Mike Missanelli and I have talked about it before. He's, and his stance on it is always interesting because to cheat in baseball, you have to be really smart. Right. And you have to like, be like kind of calculated and conniving. So there is something kind of impressive about it. Right. But at the same time, it's wrong, right? It's intrinsically wrong. And I'm like, is it because we're Catholic that we're like, oh, you're a cheater, you're bad. Or it's like where the, the way Mike brought it up to me before, cause I'm like, it's cheating. It's bad, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, or are you just kind of outsmarting your opponents? And I'm like, but it's outside of the rules. Right. But at the same time, you do got to give props for creativity. However, it's the unfair advantage. Yes. That is what makes it so wrong. When Well, I think it's, I mean, I think that the, the whole Catholic guilt thing definitely is a part of it. But then I also think it's the fact that like, it's kind of like people who do drugs and come up with really great ideas. And I'm like, well, are you just not that creative without the drugs? Right. Like Justin Timberlake always talks about how like being high, he came up with like some of his best songs. I'm like, well, are you just average and vanilla without the drugs? Interesting. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel about cheating is that well, and, like, and, but, but also, right. It's like, it gives you a competitive advantage. That's not natural. Right. And then like the, uh, the flip side of the drug argument is, well, our brain holds so much. And a lot of times we limit ourselves to un and we're not able to tap into those subconscious spaces. So an, a substance allows us to tap into those parts that we normally wouldn't be able to get into. So like, I kind of can see both sides of it. Um, but I guess with sports, I'm like, it's just like the whole, um, steroids, right? It's like, are you, you know, go back to Lance Armstrong, right? Where it seemed like he was so phenomenal. And then it turned out that it was drugs. So it's like, well, I think his was even, his was even worse though, because he like built his whole story on this momentous feat of beating cancer Mm -hmm. and then being great. And then we were like, damn, if it wouldn't have been as bad if he didn't like use the whole cancer thing to like get there because he cheated. Yeah. Right. So, right. So it goes back to the cheating. So it's like, how great really are you if you're not cheating? It's true. It's true. But I guess it's more about like your organic state. Like what, like there was a, there was a tweet that went viral that talked about like, and I'm paraphrasing again, but it was, I have it saved somewhere, but it talked about like going to the gym and it was like, well, what if our bodies just existed the way that it's supposed, they're supposed to exist. Right. And it's like, oh shit. Like we go to the trying to, instead of trying to alter them, it's just like eat healthy and be like in your metabolic state that your body would like to sustain at if you're eating healthy. Right. Like in, in theory, it's like, yes, we, we should be eating organic grass-fed lean proteins, you know, beans and nuts and, and tons of fruits and veggies and eat very clean and move your body and, and just let your body now. And I'm like, wow, because it's so true. You think about how the protein powders and the lifting weights and the obsessive running and the gyms. And it's like, what if 
like we, we, tr- it, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know? Um, and I think that that's what, like, for me, we are kind of conditioned to think cheating is bad. And so I do think it is, but even for me, like putting the cheating aside, I listen, I'm a bit of a socialist. I'm not going to try to hide it. Right. So I'm always like, if you win the Super Bowl, you should just have to like get knocked down and not win again. Like everybody should be able to win. Right. Like, <laughs> and like, so that's kind of how I feel about this. And it's like, I get whatever you need to be competitive and that's fine. I'm kind of being funny, but I think like Houston already won. It wasn't that long ago. Like, yeah. like let's give the city of Atlanta the opportunity to actually like win a championship. I agree. And the thing I really like, and I've never been to Atlanta, but I've Me I've either. That, we should go I've, for a weekend. We should, because I've heard like I would really like it there. Um, and so that's also why I kind of want them to win. Like I'm I I like I like Atlanta. You know, I have nothing against them. Um, yeah, I kind of just feel like they and it's they're a real city, right? Like people, you know, you have LA and you even even like Tampa, like you have people who are from Atlanta that are like from Atlanta. It's very much like Philadelphia in that way. I think it's like yeah. one of it's like one of the realest like East Coast cities that there totally. is. That's not like like because New York is great too, and like New Yorkers are awesome, but it's it's still very transient. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's like New York. DC, which is also amazing. I love DC, DC and Atlanta. But even like, you know, I would respect like, even like Seattle, like, it's just like a very, like, it's a, you're, there's just a root there. You know what I mean? Where like, you have a place like LA or even Arizona. It's like, meh, like who really cares about it? New Orleans is a lot like Atlanta. Like it's, well, you know what I mean? It's like, so anyway, I'm rooting for the Braves and their pitcher broke his leg and still pitched. And he played for the Phillies a couple years ago. I know it's going to be, I I love the world series. It's my favorite. used to be my favorite time of year. Um, but I, it's been so long since the Phillies have been in it. And then like the whole cheating scandal I found to be like really remarkable, but I, I, it's, I still think baseball needs to figure out the best way to market it because I don't know, maybe it's the streaming services. Maybe it's how long baseball goes on for, but do you feel, I feel like it's a little lost. Oh, I feel like it's a thousand percent. Like I remember as a kid, the world series being like the world series, you know, like you turn on the TV and be like, bam, 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 world series. Like, and then now I, I don't know if it's just because there are no like real cohesive sports channels anymore where you only go to one channel for it. But I feel like it's, it's lost a lot of the luster that it I used think- to have. And I don't know if it's just because the NFL is basically every single day of the week now, like you Thursday, Sunday, Monday, you know, like you don't get a break from football, you know, and it's well- not that you get a break from baseball either, but football is so compact. I feel like it's, it overtakes the world series anymore. Well, I think it started with the fact that baseball did not jump on the social media marketing, making their players, their own brands. Like, I think it started there. And then I also think the attention span of just people in general, but especially millennials and younger, not being able to just sit and watch they they need 
a million distractions. It's not quick enough. It's not fast enough. Um, and then, you know, I think that there are other things to watch, but I really, really, really do believe it's the fact that people do not know who plays baseball. I mean, I yeah. barely could name 10 players that don't play for any 10 players outside of the Phillies. And you know what? I, we've, and I think, I don't, I don't know if we've touched on this before, but Mike Trout, arguably one of the biggest stars in baseball. I feel like there's 5,000 people who would pass Mike Trout on the street and not know who he is. If Mike Trout literally walked into Wawa at my corner, there may be one person that would know who he is. And That's somebody it. on Twitter dragged me about that because even Bryce Harper, I'm like, if Bryce Harper walked into a target in the middle of nowhere in Indiana and, and I picked some random woman or man and said, who's this? They would know who he was. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. I think if you went into target in Philadelphia and held up a picture of Reese Hoskins and said, who is this? I don't think they would know who he is. I know they definitely ask them to name. We should test that. Yeah. We should do like lipstick league on the street or, and just, or, and not even that we could like try Phillies players, but then just be like, okay, who's this? Do you really think that they're going to know who Max Scherzer is? Right. Right. No, they're one, they're not going to know his name. And two, they have no idea. I barely know what he looks like. They're, they're I, just see what's so funny is I feel like, let me see if I have, you think you really mean to tell me you walk into a wall on Port Richmond and hold and be like, name five baseball players currently in major league baseball that do not play for the Phillies. They probably couldn't do it. And then you hold up a picture of Manny Machado and say, who's this? You think they're going to know who that is? Probably not. No, they're not. It's, it's just so crazy to me. And I'm like, is it because baseball is trying to hold on to the integrity and the nostalgia factor of it, which is great, but it's, it's a shame for the sport. And again, like I said, so the, yeah, I mean like the world series is on right now and it didn't occur to me. I, I knew it was on. Tonight, you know, I knew a game was on tonight, but it's like, it wasn't going to stop us from recording where if it was probably a football, like we would never have, or even like a Sixers or even like the NBA finals. I feel like we would not record on the NBA finals. Definitely not. No, we wouldn't record on clearly the Super Bowl or any sort of playoffs, football playoffs. But, and I think though too, like what's really interesting is that it's, it's more about that. There's just, there's no like real passion Right. It's like people like their teams because it's kind of ingrained in them, but it's not, they know like who's on their team, but like everybody knows what Steph Curry looks like. Everybody knows what LeBron, Kawhi, you know what I mean? I I would think that somebody, a kid in North Dakota probably knows Joel Embiid. Yes. Well, I, I, well, I think that's just the NBA trying to be more, um, inclusive. Yeah. Right. Like, I, mean, I, I don't really think, do. Yeah. I don't know if the, if major league baseball tries to be as inclusive as the NBA to make it feel like it's any, and if it's anybody's sport, and right? in like football, the, you can't even see their faces and people would know who they are. They yeah. wear helmets. Yes. But and people would every, still yeah. know. Yeah. You know, they might right now, an average sports fan. And it's so funny because one day I was getting dragged on Twitter about it. And, um, this guy was like, Oh, you mean an average sports fan? Yeah. Like they're an average sports fan. They're watching, um, 
they're watching sports center and playing uh, Madden. I go, that's not an average sports fan. That is a r- rabid sports fan. Or, I mean, I'm not sorry, an avid, a, um, a casual sports fan. Um, I said an avid sports fan is somebody who watches sports center or plays Madden or NBA 2K. A casual sports fan knows that it's the world series knows who's in the world series, but that's about it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they follow their, t- it's like a casual sports fan, a casual sports fan knows who Steph Curry is, knows who Aaron Rodgers is, knows who, you know what I mean? Like, so an, an average sports fan might not know Kyler Murray, right? But right. no, probably doesn't know Josh Allen, but knows Russell West, Russell, Russell Wilson. Yes. You know what I mean? I was like trying yeah. to explain to these stupid dudes on Twitter and they clearly just weren't getting it. But that's well, like, you might need to make like a chart or something, but I feel like the Venn that diagram. Would, yeah. PowerPoint. PowerPoint. Yes. PowerPoint. Um, but I think that would be interesting just to kind of see like who knows, like ask people the name and then just show pictures and see if they would know who it is. Because I think so many people would be surprised. And I think that you are right in that they're so, I, I go back to American Idol or even like my, I think we, I talked about this before. My friend Holly and I talk about when we were on The Biggest Loser, it was 2007. It was Tuesday nights, eight o'clock NBC. There was no streaming services. There was half the channels there were. Like we were the highest rated show on NBC that doesn't exist anymore because there's so many other options for television watching. Exactly. And so I definitely think that that has like people before people would watch the world series because then there was nothing else on. That's true. Like full house wasn't on. So you had to watch the world series. I wish full house was still on. Mm -hmm. Speaking of things on I wanted to talk about this before I watched a show. Where are we going to talk about? Whoa! Oh yeah. Wait. Oh, let me also yeah, say, baby. Natalie had to go pee before I did. I did. <laughs> and you watched a show. What show? I watched a show from start to finish. Whoa! Only murders in the building. Oh, with, with Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, um, Martin Short, and Steve Martin. And how and was it? Let me tell you. I thought it was great. I thought it was brilliant. Next to the um, Jason Seagal's show that I was obsessed with. What the heck was that? Um, That he shot in Philly? Yeah. I didn't see Uh, that. Oh my God. But wasn't that scary? Dispatches from Elsewhere. No, it's not scary. So Dispatches from Elsewhere and um, Murders, Only Murders in the Building make sure I'm saying it right. Is it only murders in the building? Yeah. Um, so only murders in the building is technically like a comedy. Um, but it's so brilliant. It's so smart. And it makes you really appreciate how talented Martin short and Steve Martin are okay. Like watching them together. You're, you're just reminded of their brilliance. And I feel like, and this is probably why I don't watch many things is sometimes I don't think the actors like are very good so yeah. to, to see two brilliant comedic actors execute on that level, I was like, oh my God, I've been missing this forever. And yes. And the other one, um, Dispatches from Elsewhere was the other greatest one just because it was so different and so thoughtful. Okay. So highly, highly recommend. What are you watching? 
you didn't watch Ted Lasso, right? I watched Ted Lasso. I just didn't, um, there was a lot of episodes. So I have to go back and I think watch it again. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, people were trying to compare Nick Sirianni to Ted Lasso. And I went, no, 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 no. Ted Lasso can do it. Nick Sirianni cannot. And if he shows up with a mustache, then we need to worry, you know? Um, Um, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about him. Oh, um, I was worried from the beginning. He was, he sounded too much like a frat bro from the beginning. I was, I always had a red flag about him and people was like, no, give him a chance. So we're not going to, we're not even going to get into that. Cause it's just like, I just think it's absurd. I thought it was absurd from the beginning. And I think it's even more absurd now. And again, be a negative, but like, I'm the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifferent. And I feel indifferent about the Eagles and that's Mm -hmm. a horrible place to be. Yeah. But it's it's fine. Look, just plant the seed, mm-hmm. water it, and let it grow. Yeah. And ask yourself, are you the fertilizer? Are you the soil? Or are Ugh. you the water? So the thing I love about Ted Lasso is that it's such like a quote unquote simple show, but it's really not that simple. No. Like the they just have these small moments that are you know, I'm not giving anything away, but like a hug or, um, just a couple words and it, they're just so poignant and it's brilliantly written. It's It's brilliantly. Yeah. Yes. And it's also, there's, there's a lot of shocking points to it where you're like, Oh my God, I didn't see that coming. But again, it's done so subtle, subtly. It's just, it's amazing. So I, I mean, obviously that's older over. So I watched that, but now the morning show is on. And you never watched that, right? No. Um, I love that. Um, season one, season two is, you know, season two is always a little hard um, because it's a season, usually season one of shows is always the best. Um, but I just think Jennifer Aniston is phenomenal in it. And I mean, it's Jennifer Aniston, Juliana Margulies, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell. I mean, Billy Crudup, like it's I an amazing the cast. First, I think I watched the first couple and then I like, I just fell off, but that sounds like one I would be interested in because I like, see what I really, I like a really good cast. Yeah. Like I need strong actors or I feel like I'm out. So I think, yeah, I'm loving the morning show. Insecure's back. I don't know if you ever watched Insecure on HBO with Issa Rae. No, I, but I did see that was on the screen when I was, um, when I was scrolling, I saw that. And uh, also, um, what's the other one that, everybody talked about um oh we talked about white lotus right i didn't watch that yet oh my god see it's so funny because everything you watch i know i don't watch everything i watch you don't Did watch. you? I, I heard mixed reviews about white lotus i loved i loved it they said it was kind of weird i don't know if you and i have the same taste in shows i i think that i i don't know what it is with me and i'm trying to figure it out but also i can watch something in eight episodes and then once the next eight episodes come on, then I'm ready. I don't know if I can do like the whole binging to catch up thing because Hank and I actually want to watch The Sopranos again. Oh, wow. That's a commitment. I know. And I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to stick it out. He can do it. He, that's what he does. You know, I'm sitting there scouring the internet, like reading, you know, space spaniels and so the, about so aliens the last couple the last shows that i binged to catch up so i did it with suits i love uh, uh, 
of suits and I watched seven, seven um, seasons in 10 days. Like I was literally up to like four o'clock in the morning. Any, like- any given free time, it was watching suits. It was I, obsessive. I- I like when I'm sucked in like that. So that happened to me with, and get, but it's so lame, like Victoria on PBS. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. No, Cause it's on PBS. Nobody watches PBS, but en- enough people do that. It's on. So you're, you're I'm, I'm one of them, but that's what I mean. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I, w- I want to be sucked into a show and so the ones I was that sucked- I've listed. Yeah. I was sucked into suits, sucked into the good wife. That was phenomenal. And then most recently during the pandemic was all American. Ooh, that's so good. Everybody talks about that. You know what else is coming back? And I think I talked about how I was watching this, The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, that's too scary for me. It's it. Well, I had to take a break because it was so dark. And I was like, yeah. I do not need to watch this dark stuff. Um, People love it. I mean, you know, my favorite thing to watch are Hallmark movies, right? Like I like it real light and fluffy. But once in a while, I like something that, like Mayor of Easton was a phenomenal. So I like a, I like a mystery um, or like a whodunit. Um, but so you should- you'll love um, only murders in the building. Okay, good. Yeah, that's 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 kind of what it is. But it's it's smart. It's funny. It's like, did you watch Hacks? No, I think you'd really like Hacks. Why? What's it about? Computer nerds? No, 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 no. It's about um, <laughs> it's about, it's about a comedian, an, an old comedian played by Jean Smart. So she was, it's like very loosely based, I think on like a Joan Rivers where she was like one of the first female comedians and she has a residency in Las Vegas. And so people would go to Las Vegas to see her. Oh, but that's like right she's, up my alley. she's starting to get a little bit like washed up and they want to bring like younger people to kind of take over and they, they want her to get new material. So. Oh, is that the one Mindy Kaling? No, no, no. They want her to get, so there's this, there's writer in you would actually, I think you would love it. Cause this young writer, she's like in her late twenties and she tweeted something like absolutely absurd and, but it was like funny, but super irreverent. And so she kind of got blacklisted from comedy writing and so she gets hired to be like a ghost writer for this comedian. And they kind of form this, it's like this love hate relationship. Oh, that sounds right. Up. It sounds yeah. like I would love that. Yeah. Because like, it's very, they're both very smart, smart. They're very cerebral. Like you are. And she's like, but it's definitely like, yeah, it's, it's really good. I think it's only like seven or eight episodes. Oh, perfect. Yeah. It's called hacks and Gene smart won the Emmy for it. It's really good. I will watch that as soon as we wrap up this taping. Awesome. Um, but I think that's it for now. I mean, obviously like, you know, NBA started, we still are unsure what's happening with Ben and we know that uh, the Eagles head coach wants to plant flowers and you know, there are some major injuries. Like it's going to be interesting to see what happens just with, I mean, like right now it seems like Tampa, the bills, Arizona Packers, like they seem like they're the top teams. I mean, I do think it's a really interesting conversation. What's going on with the chiefs, right? Like yeah. Patrick, Mahomes is, Patrick Mahomes is in a Carson Wentz, 2019, 2020 slump. I, I mean, know. He, and now look at Carson. And, but here's the thing, you know, what else is a coincidence that no one pointed out? What? See if you could figure it out. Those same thing 
that happened to Carson when he went in his slump happened, happened to Mahomes. There's one common denominator. The backup? Baby girl. They both had baby girls. Uh-huh. And their daughters were born like, I mean, Carson Wentz's daughter is a little bit older, but yeah, like Sterling's only a couple months old. So she's like around the same age that Carson's daughter was when like his slump started. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And the interesting part is, and this is why I would love to have a psychiatrist on, but like Joel Embiid, his game completely changed once he had Arthur. He was like, I want my son to be proud of me. But Carson Wentz and Patrick Mahomes, once they had their daughters, they went into a slump. That is deep. Nicole, Nicole, this is your, some of your finest work yet. Some of your finest work yet. Seriously. Brilliant. I'm telling you, there's some, I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously like a psychiatrist probably knows what, whatever that is. It's like, it could, it could honestly just be lack of sleep because they have an infant. Yeah. But yeah. nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they had nightmares. You're a football think, player. You don't have I, a, you don't have real feelings or a life or any sort of family. You just all football all the time. Or it's like, it's they're like, they're more worried. You know what I mean? Or maybe they're just like their, their mind, like before their mind was like just football, football, football. And now it's more in, in fact, do you remember when, I don't know if I've ever brought this up before, but it was one of Donovan McNabb's last seasons with the Eagles. And he was in a really, really bad slump, but he had, his wife had the twins and they were in the NICU. And my mom said, I'm telling you right now, it's because once the babies get out of the hospital, he'll, he'll be fine. And it was so, it was like, he, it was a couple weeks and then they were home and his, he was totally fine after that. Well, I mean, uh, not that it's remotely the same, but I have a tough time performing in a very small way when I'm not feeling great mentally. Right. I can't imagine going and executing on a football field. By George, Nicole, I think you've solved it. There we go. All right. So here we go. Daddy's girl was three months. This is Carson Wentz's daughter. She was three months old, July of 2020. So that means that she, well, let's see when she was born. Let's just do some. She was born May 10th, 2020. And the season started August, September. Okay. And Patrick Mahomes' daughter, Sterling, was born February 21st. Both of them had daughters in the off season. And the season that started after they gave birth to the daughters, they both had slumps. What would you call that? The baby, the baby slump? Quarterback? Quarterback. The daddy downfall. The daddy downfall. <laughs> yeah. That's the name of this episode. And there you have it, folks. <laughs> thank the you for the daddy downfall. All That's right. Thanks for listening. Please give us a positive review. Like I said, we we're trying. We're trying. Yeah, we don't. We just it, it's the circumstances that that allow us to, you know, and I think it's actually a really good outlet sometimes that we're just like able to just get our frustrations out there. Look. I'm sorry, like sports isn't always all sunshine and rainbows and I can't help but be real about the reality of the situation. You give me something good to talk about, tell me something good, right? Tell me that you like me. Yeah, then then I will go over the moon to talk about it. And everyone's like, oh, well, Natalie says she's an optimist. 
I am because I believe it, but I need to see the people in charge do the right thing. Yeah. Before I, I mean, believe it. I, I, I feel I, I, I'm no longer of blind faith. Yep. I'm I've, you know, it's personal growth. I'm old and jaded. So. Wait, really quick. Are you, are you dressing up for Halloween? I am. Where are you going for Halloween? Um, I think our friend is having like a little Halloween party. So I'm going as an alien again, but I have a different kind of alien costume this year. What's with the aliens every year? Well, I was trying to get Hank to be Courtney and Travis Barker. Oh my God. And he won't do it? No, he won't Why? do it. Because he wants to be something else. You guys have to do some kind of fun couple. You could he's be committed. He's committed to his costume. He's it's my fault, actually, because I find the like ironic, dumb, punny costumes very funny. OK, so I encourage that sense of humor and which he has. So I think his costume's funny. OK, I wish you guys could you could have been Keely and Roy from Ted Lasso. He probably would have loved that. I mean, you could still do it. And you oh, no, like you already time. have the Keeley ponytail. You I have know. The, you have the Keeley ponytail. You have the leopard and the sequins. He's com- he's committed. He's committed to his costume. Um, I'm gonna let you see it for yourself. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Okay. I'm not gonna can... tell you what I'm doing either. Okay. Um, I don't mind admitting that I'm an alien, but I'm a different kind of alien this year. I mean, listen. If you if clearly you love the aliens, so whatever. Like. It's just actually, it's just something that I think is like easy for me to pull off. Yeah. I mean, plus like you're into space, you're into NASA. Like I get it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't feel like thinking and I needed something last minute. And I was like, what do I already have? I'll actually give you a hint. Cause part of it is I'll just, I'll just give you a hint. Yeah. That's all I'm going to show you. It's yellow fabric. Are you being a Bishop? No. <laughs> That'd be funny though. <laughs> bless you, my children. Bless you. Okay. <laughs> Go sports. That's, that's <laughs> all for tonight, folks. Um, as Nicole said, like, subscribe, and leave us a positive review. Mwah. Mwah. I know, I know.